wow, the world is such a cool place. There's so much I want to do and see. Hello, this is Michael O'Dee. Welcome to Digital Record Episode 101, Electric Forest Trippin'. Yeah, you know, I got that too. It was Episode 101. Did you hear that? No, I don't have 101 episodes of Digital Racket. You know, you're sitting back there thinking, this is like the first episode I've heard of Digital Racket, maybe at all. and Or, yeah, maybe five episodes of Digital Racket. So, Episode 101, where, what happened to the other 96 episodes? Well, they don't exist. This is what I'm calling a reboot. And in a reboot situation, uh, I think of it like a TV show. In a TV show, a lot of times uh, you'll come out and you'll see the episode of a TV show, first season, season one, episode one, they'll call it 101. And I kind of like that. So that's what I'm doing with the Digital Racket. And this is episode 101 on my visit to Electric Forest. Now, you can already hear a podcast of me talking about Electric Forest on Motor City Geek, which just came out. And I highly recommend, if you want to hear a group of people talking about Electric electric Forest, to go to that podcast. This one's going to be a little bit different. It's from definitely my own personal take and a little bit more about the actual grounds of Electric Forest. And it's interesting because before I went to Electric Forest, I'm not sure I would have actually even devoted an entire episode to Electric Forest because I wasn't, you know, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I, I, I always heard it was a big deal. From other people, but that wasn't me. And I was just thinking, well, it's just another festival, but it's not at all. In fact, it's probably, and what I've read about this, and so I've got a little bit of backing behind me, that Electric Forest could be one of the best festivals in the entire world. That uh, there's no other festivals like it. There may be one called Shambhala, way over in Vancouver, which I may never get to, but I've gotten to my Electric Forest. So this episode is about how, why it became such a big deal to me and why it became so important. Because another fact about, I had two other people, uh, in fact, there's probably more, but two other people came to me with comments about Electric Forest, about them kind of, you know, not wanting to go. One was a friend of mine who I invited, and he said, uh, but I don't like camping. And I was like, well, that's what we're doing. That's part of Electric Forest. Camping's part of it. And, you know, he's just like, well, I, I don't like sleeping I don't like sleeping on the grass. I was like, well, for one thing, we're not going to be sleeping on the grass. If we're going to camp, if you listen to their podcast, I'll go through the details of how we camped. We're going to do camping right, and you're going to have a good time camping. But he was still very much against camping. So I had to kind of, you know, say, okay, forget about it. Then I had another friend who I came back from uh, Electric Forest. He said, you know, I would have went, but I don't know that I like the lineup this year. I was like, what do you care? Now that I come back, I say, what do you care about the lineup? Hell, they could have had, I might not have recognized any of the people playing, and I would have still had a good time. Now, I recognized a lot of the people playing, and I thought, you know, I would say, <laughs> and I didn't listen to all the all the people played, but I will say definitely 80% of the the, the artists performing at, digital, at uh, Electric Forest, I highly enjoyed. Uh, and definitely the ones I saw, but even the things I heard. Everything I heard, I loved. So the, the, and then it became like, yeah, the music is a big part of, Electric Forest, and at almost every other festival, it would be the main part of the festival would be the music. And it would be, you know, that's what's going to get me there, is the people who are playing. 
But Electric Forest is much more about than just the people playing. It's about the atmosphere. It's about the forest of Electric Forest, which you don't understand until you get there and you see how much is put into that, how much work, how much art, how much wonderful things are put into the forest you don't realize until you get there. So that comment, actually, the whole thinking behind that, you got to throw that out. You got to throw out the whole, I got to care about who's playing. In fact, one of the things that, uh, you know, we were, I was meticulous about who I wanted to see Electric Forest. And they give you the advice when they put out the schedule. Take the schedule, study it, make your schedule, then throw it away. Something like that. Not those exact words. So I did, those, I did that exact thing. I made a schedule. I probably saw maybe 50, half of what was on my schedule. I missed a lot of things. In fact, you know, if I go into regrets, and I've got a couple of them, one of them is that I just did not spend enough time at Electric Forest. Um, in the forest. I spent a lot, you know, it was like, when you're at your tent, you love the time at your tent. And when you're in the forest, you love your time at the forest. So you actually need more hours in a day. And, and you need more sleep than you can possibly ever get there. So, you know, it just becomes this war between, and it's a great, I don't want to call it a war, because a war makes it sound like, oh, you know, it was difficult, uh, that it was hard doing either any one of those things. And in fact, it was beautiful doing all of those things, staying at camp, hanging out with my friends, hanging out with the people next to us who all became friends was a fantastic time. Hanging out in the forest, amazing time. Sleep, well, you know, sleep's always good. But if there's one you have to do less of, it's going to be sleep. Uh, So there's, you know, but again, you know, I'm kind of old, so I need my sleep. So that's kind of, you know, this is just my beginning. This is my intro. Let's get into, and, and come aboard with me, and let's take a journey to Electric Forest. Electric Forest came about, uh, me going there, came about in December. I went to the Grismas show, and I met Justin from How Was It Detroit, and he, we were talking back and forth about different shows that we go to, which ones we'd be really excited about going to, and I think I brought up Electric Forest, and he brought up the fact that they were invited last year, but they couldn't send, nobody wanted to go, they couldn't send anybody, and he said, you know, if you wanted to go this year, you could be my guy there. I thought, hey, I'm your guy. And so we we kept in touch on that, but very loosely. He get, but then, and uh, I think it was sometime in May, he sent me an email saying, "Well, we got the letter that says that we can send somebody. Are you still interested?" And I was like, "Hell yes, I'm interested." Then we went through that whole rigmarole of me trying to find people who I was going to invite, and I found the Motor City Geek people, who are my favorite people now, and they were kind of then too, at least one of them. So to go to Electric Forest with really good friends, and then then making so many more. You know, that that really adds to it being one of the best times of my life. In fact, I'll say right now, you know, when you look at when I look back on my life, okay, my honeymoon's going to rank number one, and number two is going to be Electric Forest. There's like a 20, I'm going to get it wrong, and I'll probably be reminded of that, but there's like a 20-some year spread between Electric Forest and my honeymoon. There's some good times between then, but uh, nothing 
like Electric Forest. So let's start with uh, day one and getting there and, and setting up camp. You know, that, that you can hear a lot of that on the other podcast. So let's start walking into Electric Forest and getting up to, and I did this by myself, actually. I was kind of so excited that I took off alone on the first day. I ran up to the entrance area of Electric Forest, and it was at the same point, at the same time, a lot of people were walking up to the entrance. The first thing I did was I found, I ran into two very friendly guys who were like, uh, and I was like, you know, I'm on my way up front. Are you guys going there? They're like, yeah, walk with us. And that's what I love to hear because I don't have any idea where I'm walking. So I walked with them, and we hung out. I was taking photos along the way. Eventually, you know, those guys got a little tired of me stopping and taking photos every five minutes. But uh, that's what I was doing. And actually, not every five minutes would be a stretch. It was actually more like every two minutes everybody was bumping into as I was taking photos of them. Then when I got to the entranceway, it was a long uh, turnstile, a long, like if you're going to a big ride at Cedar Point. So you had a lot of turnstile. You had this long, waving line of people. that You get in line and you have to go through to enter into the uh, actual venue area. You have to get searched. So I went through this long line and I thought, oh man, what a drag. But it was the complete opposite of that because everybody, and this is the first day of weekend two. So when you enter into, the, into this, uh, going into it, and, and definitely at the first time, everybody's so excited. All we're doing is slapping hands back and forth and wishing everybody a happy forest. So you're just going through this line and you're slapping everybody's hand and you're, you're shaking hands and you're hugging people all the way through. And I got a lot of photos of that too. So it was the, the entire, I could have spent more time in that line just greeting people, saying hi, and being happy with people. You get through that, they check you, make sure you don't have anything on you, of course. I don't. Uh, and it, Actually, if you go back and you look through and you look at the number of arrests, some people may have had something, but not enough to really cause problems. So we get into the festival. The first stage that you walk upon, and I've got notes on this. You might hear some little flipping on the notes. And uh, the first stage that you come up to is the Tripoli stage. Tripoli stage is one of the biggest stages it's one of those things that hits you right when you walk in. Gigantic stage. This is where they put, and I think they did this intentionally, was let's put all the most uh, hyped up, the most energetic, the most amped up artists are going to be playing this stage because that's what we want to hit people with as soon as they walk in is this level of energy. So it's right there. It was kind of muddy. There was a lot of rain. It's not, to me, it wasn't my favorite venue stage, but it's definitely... Uh, Maybe, you know, some people will say it was their favorite because one of their favorite artists probably played there during that time. Some of the, the, the headliners played at the Tripoli stage. The um, Sheba Shan played uh, Tripoli, which I saw Sheba Shan at Movement, and he is a fantastic, mixing in a lot of hip-hop with his art. Uh, he was my favorite people I saw at that stage. And the other person I saw there, that, but not too much of, not enough of, and again, one of my regrets was Alice in Wonderland. I read a little bit about the show. And, of course, she's a female DJ and just a wonderful DJ in all aspects. And I listened to some of her stuff, so I really wanted to see her play. Well, that was the end of the first night, and it was just so crazy. And the, the person on before her is Valentino Khan. Now, no offense to Valentino Khan, because everybody has their own types of music they like. And Valentino Khan, uh, you know, his, his version of electronic music EDM is the most amped up. It's the most amped up as you can get. Uh, the most amped up dubstep, most amped up whatever he's doing. It, it's cranked up to 11. And uh, he, he's one of those people that, I mean, I, every, every, he would pause between every th two minutes of his set and say, I want to see those hands. 
let me see. And then he'd have little um, sayings. And it was, it was really weird because I'd never heard these things before. And he, but he would, uh, you know, start, so he would start a, one of his song, one of the songs he was playing and people would immediately know it. And I wouldn't recognize it. And then they, they, they immediately know what the chant was going to be and start chanting it. But I didn't have any idea. And I, I didn't understand the chants. I understand baking soda. Look, I've done the baking soda chant. This was not baking soda. <laughs> it was other stuff. Anyways, Valentino Khan, I give him, I give him props for having a lot of energy, but it wasn't what I wanted to hear then. And I wasn't sure it was what I wanted to hear before Alice in Wonderland, who, you know, no matter what, at that point of night, you're going to have a very energetic set. But hers is a little more artistic, a little more slowed down, and it was what I was ready for. But the crowd, there was just so much of a crowd, I couldn't get any photos. There's a little, you know, it's kind of like, this is kind of a bummer. I think I'm done for tonight. It was already after midnight. So I went back to uh, to the camping ground and uh, tried to get some sleep uh, very unsuccessfully that night because what I find out is that you want you have the best intention of getting to sleep between like midnight and 4 a.m., but the music's still playing. And then at 4 a.m., everybody else trickles back to their tents. And then for the next couple hours, you can hear hilarious conversations about around you about everybody else's night and them trying to find things in their tent, um, you know, finding out that something is missing from their tent that they wanted. It just And then lots of conversations about that night that they don't really remember that much of. So that was day one. And, um, you know, I'm already forgetting to play this clip, but the the when I look at, and so I'm going to do it now, when I think about Electric Forest, it reminds me of the episode of Family Guy where Peter has this growth on him, and the growth ends up being a second uh, little Peter attached to him. And the... the uh, what this little guy, he's just so enthusiastic because he realized this world has just been, he's been under Peter's skin for like so many years and now he's out there and he's just so excited about everything. So he's just like this. Wow! 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 And that's the way I was at Electric Forest. And I should have put that way back at the beginning, but uh, there you have it. And that was definitely the, everything is like that Electric Forest. So day two comes along. I have interviews scheduled at Electric Forest. Next week, we'll get to the interviews. Uh, I, I have four of them, and I'm starting to do them on the second day. So the second day, I see a little bit more of the stages, and uh, the the ranch stage was a good stage. The ranch stage is the next stage you come to after Tripoli, and that's where Big Wild was playing. And Big Wild, I saw a play with at Grismas, so I already knew what to ex- kind of expect is that he's got really good music. It's, very, it's a little different. It's a little more eclectic, and uh, he's got great long hair. He's got beautiful, long, great hair that he whips around while he plays. And he plays percussion, which is a, when you're watching a DJ play, you like to see a lot of fist pumping because that gets the crowd going. And then there's something else that the DJ should probably do while they're up there that is exciting to look at. And if you're playing percussion, that's definitely something uh, that's one of them. That's a really good thing to do if you're a DJ and you want to do something else on stage. Have, some, have a little drum set up there and do that. Uh, Big Wild does a really good job of that. The other uh, people playing at the ranch stage that I saw that I liked a lot was, and I just realized that I've been calling Mattis Yahoo. <laughs> it's not pronounced that way. I've been, I've been, I've been calling him. My, actually, I've been, I, I don't know how I've pronounced his name the entire time I've been listening to him, which is almost a lot, maybe 10 years. Mahatsu is what I used to call him. Yeah, that guy Mahatsu. And then I realized as talking to other people and looking at the spelling of his name, that's not how you pronounce his name at all. He is the uh, he he was the rapper that uh, came out uh, the hip hop star rapper that came out about ten years ago and he came out he was a uh, 
he wasn't an Orthodox Jew. He was, it was actually, there's another name for it, but he came out as this, uh, very left field, uh, hip hop star because of the way he looked and what he rapped about. And he's changed over the years, but now I look at his name. It's M-A-T-I-S. So it's Matis Yahu, something like that. That's still mispronouncing it. I won't get it right. He played and, and he was great. And, and he, but man, did he look old. I mean, he, I don't want to say he made me look young because I look old too, but let's just say that, you know, we looked like we were probably in the same group there, uh, in which uh, everybody else looked at him and said, man, he's an old guy. <laughs> and, but he was really good at that stage. And the other, so there's two other people playing that I want to talk about, but uh, the one I want to spend the most time on is the string cheese incident. Now the string cheese incident, I was not that enthusiastic about seeing play at, uh, Electric Forest, because they are mainstay there, but they're jam band. They are, you know, when people talk about Grateful Dead, people talk about Fish, String Cheese Incident may come up in that conversation somewhere, but they're a little more, they're a little out there because two of their guys, different members of their bands play in different things. A couple of members of their play in Iodo. And Iodo is, I don't want to say a straight up EDM band, but but they are definitely more electronic music EDM related. I've seen them play before. Very, very noisy, very bass-centric stuff they do with weird noises that the drummer makes. So, String Cheese Incident, you know, but they are a jam band. And I knew that going into it. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to catch some of their set. But as I walked around more and I talked to people, they said, well, you want to see the big shebang of their set. If you don't see any other part of the String Cheese Incident, see the the big shebang. So, I made sure to get my spot. And I, I was standing by... Long time Electric Forest people, they were hippies. They had really long, uh, you know, well, actually one of them didn't have any hair. He kind of got bald. But the other guy had long hair. And uh, they were definitely, you know, part of the hippie piece crowd that loved Electric Forest, Rothbury before it turned into Electric Forest, but still lived in the area and liked Electric Forest. And they were telling me about, you know, going there in the old days and how things have changed a little bit, but still really liking the scene, digging the kids there. And then they were talking about how much they loved string teens incidents and what I was about to see, which was going to be amazing. They told me, you know, you're going to be astounded. I'm not going to tell you what's going to happen because it's a surprise every year, but you're going to see a ton of shit happen. So, and that's what I saw. I saw a ton of shit happen. Uh, for they started their they say it was in, more into the it was their second set at night, and it was like the second song, and they did it was original material of the first song, so I couldn't tell you what it was, but. They had uh, people painting during that song, and they were painting a message, and it was going to be, I think, a message of peace. And uh, then they had a wall, and they had people jumping on and off the wall. And then, and I thought, okay, this is off to a good start. And then I saw a uh, air balloon start to take off. When the air balloon went up, it had a uh, aerialist on the uh, at the on the air balloon at the bottom. So a hot air balloon and the aerialist, and she's holding up a sign, and it had a great uh, peace saying on it as well. So. That, and and she went over the crowd, and then when that happened, fireworks went off. And then when that happened, a ton of confetti went off. And at the same time, we were had these giant cubes above us that we were bouncing. And it was at that moment that I said to myself, this is the best moment of this festival, and this is one of the best moments I've ever shared. And everybody, everybody nobody was you know around me, well, some people knew each other, but they certainly didn't know me. But it was all like we all knew each other at that moment. And we all loved each other. We all loved what was happening. And we were all really excited. So it was such a tremendous moment. And uh, it was one of my favorite moments of the festival. If every year I will see Strange Cheese Instant for the Big Shebang. 
And when they were playing that, they were playing Dear Prudence by the Beatles. That was a really good version of uh, Dear Prudence. So just put, you put all that together, and it was, again, I mean, I've been to a lot of concerts. So let's just say, you know, out of all the concert moments I've had, it ranks up in the top five, maybe in the top three. So the ranch stage has some uh, definitely special memories for me. From the ranch stage, you go into the forest. Now, we talked a lot about the forest on the uh, Motor City uh, on the uh, Motor City Geek podcast, so you'd have to go back and listen to that if you want to hear a lot about the forest. But I will tell you a little bit about the forest, but more about the stages. The first stage I came to is off to the right, and that's the uh, forest stage. The forest stage was my, I'll, I'll tell you, it was my favorite stage of the show because some of my favorite people were playing there. The first night, Golf Clap, Clap was playing there. Golf Clap is one of my favorite local people. Um, and whenever they play, they bring special things with them. They do special things for people, and this was no exception. So they had uh, d- d- dancers up on stage with them. They d- d- they played a hell of a set, uh, and they had a big flag waving with golf clap. The people up front were excited. I took tons of pictures, and a really, really good set. Th- then throughout the night, I mean, that was kind of the uh, dance music. I'll call it more the dance music stage, kind of more... And the, the, the other thing is that, so the other two stages had big backdrops and they would play things behind them. The backdrop for the forest stage was the forest. You had trees in back of them. So it was great setting. Got some wonderful photos there. That was where Ephraim and Zeke Beats played at one point. They did a really good set. So that and it was basically a straight, that whole set that day was like straight turntablism. So turntablists back and forth. Ephraim and Zeke Beats going back and forth and a lot, very... A very high crowd for that. And then the last day was uh, Nora and Pure played, which is who I saw the entire set of. But the whole day was basically a house music set up. And it was really good. And the people were dancing. So hats off to the uh, forest stage. Just across from that. In fact, you'd think they were so close together that they would spill over to each other. And they only spilled over into each other's areas when you were in the middle. If you were by the forest stage, you heard the forest. Then if you were by the next area, the observatory, you heard the observatory. The observatory was different because it was probably the place that had the most uh, diverse music at. Uh, They had indie bands, indie rock, synth bands. They had DJs. They had, uh, you know, like traditional kind of bands. Uh, Big Galactic had a funk band with lots of horns and things going on and jazz going on. Uh, Brazilian Girls played, so that was more the indie rock. Zylo played, and I interviewed them. They were more of a synth band. And then Jason Huber of, of Sherub, and I like Sherub a lot. So he gets up there, and he has this special set. He was he was unannounced, and he was after Big Galactic, and he, he's kind of friends with those guys. He's from the same area. And he gets up there for a DJ set, and everybody's like, whoa, DJ set. And uh, he did basically a 60-minute DJ set of Prince music. So it was probably one of the worst put together DJ sets in that it wasn't like, you know, he was worried about intros and outros and special effects. No, he was just playing Prince dance music and everybody was dancing and everybody's loving it. Cause you know, who, who's going to hear Prince at Amer- electric forest unless, you know, Jason Huber's playing them. So it was actually a, re- it was a fan. It was a really good time. I mean, to see the people dancing and singing and shouting along and he's up on stage, he's on there and he's singing along with it and he's bringing people up there. It was just a party type atmosphere and he was more of the house party DJ for that moment. Somewhere in that area is the silent disco. It took me forever to find the silent disco and I was interviewing uh, one of the artists that was playing there, Golden Pony. So I wanted to find the area to at least know where they were playing. 
it, it turns out that the artists are definitely not the main attraction at the Silent Disco. The Silent Disco is called the Silent Disco because it is silent in that you're wearing headphones and the DJs are playing into the headphones. And unlike other Silent Discos, you actually have two DJs here. One DJ playing uh, on one channel and another DJ playing on a different channel. And depending on what set of headphones you are, you could hear the DJ and you could switch off. You could grab a different pair of headphones and hear that DJ. And you would know because of different colors. So you could be dancing by somebody and you might be dancing in one way. They might be dancing an entirely different way because they're listening to the other DJ. So it was fun to take photos of. The people there were fun. Uh, really wanted, you know, were like into getting their photos taken with the headphones on. So it, it was just a great place to kind of hang out for a little bit. But there is something about not hearing the music in a live environment out loud that I didn't spend a ton of time at the Silent Disco. But it takes you deeper into the forest. Now, one of the things, there are a lot of things in the forest, and I still, I definitely know I didn't see everything in the forest. In fact, I was looking at photos that other people had taken. And my friend Austin from Motor City Geek, he, he had some photos of some things like, oh, I didn't even see that in the forest. But there was a big robot lying down. It reminded me of the, the robot um, from uh, the, the movie that came out a long time. It was a cartoon movie. It was a big robot. It was a really good movie. It made me sad. Uh, this big robot, they, so they had a big robot in the electric forest. And it was lying, it's lying down, and you can climb on it, and people were climbing on it. And that was like one of the things I had to find. I did find it. I took a photo of it. You keep walking out from there, and you get to another large stage area. See, in my head, I had thought that I had already, you know, that the two big stages were Ranch and uh, the uh, Tripoli, but I didn't realize there's another big-ass stage back in the forest called Sherwood. Sherwood's a big stage, and there's some big people playing there. Uh, Flint Eastwood, local band, uh, really, uh, and I've seen them a lot, uh, great local band, they played there, uh, which is really cool. I did miss them. I feel a little bad about that. Waka Flocka Flame played there, and I missed the beginning of the set because I was at a different stage. I think it was when Big Wild was playing, so I was at a different stage, but I got in to see the last of Waka Flocka, and it was crazy. I mean, people were, there was a big mosh pit. So mosh pit was going on during Waka Flocka because he was doing heavy stuff at the end. And he was doing Bodies to the Floor, which, you know, that's like a heavy, I don't call it, you want to call it, it's a mosh song. I don't know who does it. It's really heavy. And they say Bodies to the Floor. And everyone's shouting it. And, and there's a big pit. And it's crazy. I got one photo that I like of Waka Flocka because it was, it was, there was, it was hard to get a shot from. And I didn't, ha- it was already past the point where I could go up front and take a photo. So I wasn't going to fight my way through that crowd to get up there. No way. Uh, second night, Big Tiger, Black Tiger, <laughs> Big Tiger, Black Tiger Sex Machine played there. So BTSM. I've seen them, I saw them back in December and I thought they were amazing at St. Andrews. Here, they were just as amazing. And the crowd was into it and they had their, big masks on that change all the different color lights on. And I told my friends, yeah, I said, you want to see these guys because visually they're going to be one of the best people there. And they were, but they're not only visually, I think musically they were really good. And then on the last day, uh, one of the people that I like a lot, Giraffage was playing and Giraffage. Yeah. He is, uh, I think he's an Asian American, uh, DJ and his stuff is very, uh, it's dance oriented and it's got some different stuff to it. So And I really liked what he was doing, but his visuals were really good. He had anime visuals in the background. So I got some neat photos of him. So some of when he's playing and the visuals are behind him where he just looks like he's floating in the middle of it playing. So he was probably, 
I don't want to say he's my favorite there because I really did like Black Tiger's Sex Machine, but between those two. And I got some really good photos in that area. There's a, the, one of the food areas was there. Then you go around, and we're getting towards the end here. And, I, you know, I know I'm talking at a rapid pace here. Hopefully you're following along. And, uh, but you, you're going along to the back there, the back area. There's still stages here, and there's still fantastic stages. The Jubilee is a covered stage, like a big circus tent. Uh, and it's a little dark inside. But this stage had like, some really good stuff going on. I didn't see enough people here uh, in both aspects. I didn't see enough artists playing. And really, when there weren't artists playing, it was dead. There weren't enough people. Uh, but And, and some, even for some of the people that were playing there, it wasn't as crowded as it maybe should have been. But it was just so far back there. Uh, future classic DJs I saw playing there with about five other people playing a set. And it was a really good set. But, uh, yeah, not a lot of people. Then uh, my, one of my favorite people I saw over the entire act, entire weekend, and I think one of the big up-and-comers is Vince Staples. Vince Staples is a hip-hop artist uh, like Kendrick Lamar uh, in that, you know, his songs aren't about, you know, they, they have a little bit of a different set, a little bit of different uh, scheme or a little bit of different uh, objective in his songs than maybe a lot of other hip-hop songs. And, uh, and just the name Vince Staples, like someone else said, well, wait a minute. His name's Vince Staples. He's hip-hop? He's not like country or something else? It's like, no, that's his name, Vince Staples. Yeah, he's not Lil Vince. He's not, uh, you know, Big Vince. He's Vince Staples, and he's really good. And there's no pretense to what he's doing. He's just doing fantastic hip-hop. So if you like, look up Big Fish. Big Fish is his, uh, maybe the hit that he's doing right now. He does some tracks with Gorillas. So you know he's on something if he's doing tracks with Gorillas. Vince Staples. Got some great photos of him. It was packed, and it was fantastic. Uh, Odyssey, O-D-D-I-S-E-E, was a band I saw on Sunday. They were good. And uh, we're getting down to one of the last, I think, well, for me, the last stage. Right around the left, and I think this was probably Motor City Geek's favorite stage. It was one of my favorite areas that I didn't spend enough time in, and it's the hangar. The hangar's built like an airplane hangar. It's It's kind of themed differently in that, Electronic Forest has kind of a modern theme to the whole thing altogether, except for the hangar, and it's more of a uh, it's more of a wink towards the past. And that you have out front, you have girls selling candy, and they're dressed in kind of old timey uh, now airplane airplane themed outfits. I don't know, <laughs> you'd have to see them, but 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 they're cute and it's fun and it's good to see. And then you go inside, and there's tables. So that's the other thing that's different about it. There's tables and a bar, and there's things going on. You can get your hair cut there. You can get a tattoo there. You can play table tennis there. You can do all kinds of stuff in there. You know, it's almost like an army barracks type of place. And then on stage, there's different things going on. My friend Vortec, who I uh, interviewed before the— I did a little interview with him before, and you can find it on HowWasItDetroit.com. He was kind of emceeing the entire time there, and he was playing too. I kind of missed that part. So he was playing music uh, there, and then he was emceeing different acts, and they'd have all kinds of different people. So they had burlesque dancers. They had a, a girl doing like three hula hoops at once. Actually, she ended up being five hula hoops at the end of it. And then you had dance troops. You had all kinds of different types of entertainment. So it was like a vaudeville act, and it was really good. And I, we saw uh, some great uh, different, we saw a great burlesque dancer there, and we saw, Lots of other things going on there, and I wish I could have spent more time there. Then 
at the other side of that place, there's like a secret stage. And you have to have this thing called the Mile High Club, which is this keychain thing to get in. I didn't get that until the last day. And then I called the number and I got the code and I got all excited about it. And I found the room, but it was too crowded to get into it. So I couldn't get into it. But uh, I heard a lot of good things about this little secret room there. I'll get in there next year. Definitely get in there next year. So those are the stages. You know, those are the different areas. And I and what the other that was the other part about it was I talked to people who went to a, about Electric Forest. And they'd be like, "Wow, it's three hundred dollars." Listen to what I just told you, and imagine it was four days long. Now we go to a lot of Comic Cons, and I go to things that are three days long, and that seems like a that seems like a like a commitment. You know, like there's some time spent on it. This was four days. Now, that's a lot of days, a lot of music, and you're not paying for a hotel. You're camping. And seven different stages, over a hundred different acts, three hundred bucks really sounds cheap to me now, very cheap. Uh, and of course, we had media passes, so it was it was even cheaper. But I would pay, I would pay it, and I would recommend anybody to uh, pay it. Now we didn't get to sneak into the Good Life. I can't. Good Life is a kind of a private area. They charge a little bit more for this area. Supposedly, you have bigger camping spaces, you have better views, and they you go a little bit further. It's like the VIP area. I wasn't able to see what that was like to judge whether that's worth it or not. I've read that people, some people who stayed there say it is. I would have really liked to have seen what was going on in the good life. And uh, as media, I would have been, it would have been great to report back on it, but uh, can't do that. Maybe next year though, I'll get in there and I'll tell you a little bit more about it. A couple of for- favorite things of mine about the forest are these, you know, I, I'd say sprites of the forest, but they're more than just sprites, but they're different dance troops, different performing troops that are in the forest. And uh, one of them was GLM Productions, who, is, who I interviewed as well before the show, and that's up at HowWasItDetroit.com. Uh, and I've, no, I've been following them for years, so I knew that they would be doing something special out there. And they were dressed more as, I guess, outer space aliens, but there was another alien troop out there. Uh, so, and then you had a group of, like, I, want, I, I don't know if it's uh, PC to say or not, but I, I call them bush people. <laughs> they were kind of dressed like crazy... Uh, crazy jungle people which doesn't sound pc either but that's what they did they they were and they were having fun and it was funny and and there was aliens out there and there were fairies who read books all these people in the forest just entertaining people and just having fun with the crowd and the crowd having fun with them there were the guys dressed as yellow i don't know how to describe them besides they were dressed in yellow and they would stamp people and i got a stamp and i forgot what the stamp said because it washed off immediately (laughs) it did rain out there we did have a lot of rain. There's a marriage chapel. I did see a couple weddings. Uh, and some of these weddings, they can be real weddings. I mean, you could actually have your official wedding there as long as you do some of the paperwork beforehand. And then you could just do fake weddings. You could just marry anybody. So I said, I think I sat through a fake wedding. And then at night, I don't know how to describe what that place turns into. But it was more, I don't want to call it a demonic um, <laughs> episode. But it turns a little dark at night. It gets a little evil. It gets a little... Uh, a little sexual tension going on at night there with uh, with a troop there that uh, bring the stage on. They do a little bit of audience participation. And yeah, it gets a little dark and it's a lot of fun. And I caught that uh, on two of the nights. One of the nights it was raining, so I hid under there. And I noticed it. And it wasn't usually a crowded area, but when I was hiding under there, I walked in and I thought, I'll watch a little bit of this. And it got really crowded. It kept getting more crowded. I thought, wow, they're doing a great job drawing people in. And it just get busier and busier. Could barely like fit any room between people. I thought, man, there's some. These guys know something's going on here, 
And uh, then I poked my head out and I discovered it was raining hard. And this was one of the few places of shelter. So <laughs> that explained everything to me. And I found some other shelter. And then eventually we got back to camp that night. That, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna kind of leave it at that uh, because I don't often talk longer than this on any subject. So I'm going to kind of leave it at that. I do have four interviews coming up in my, the next episode I have. One with Zylo, one with Zeke Beats, one with Golden Pony, one with Golden Audio. All of them are going to be like five to nine minute interviews. So it'll go along fairly quickly. Some of the same questions, but they answer them in different ways. So it's not going to sound that repetitious. And, uh, and the, all those people were so cool and fun to hang out with. So you'll want to listen to that. I have a podcast affiliate for this episode. The podcast affiliate is the people who I help them a little bit about telling you about them. They help you out because they save you money. And they help me out because if you use them, I get a little bit of money. Just a little bit. And uh, that's how I keep this thing going. And so my podcast affiliate for this episode is IX Web Hosting. IX Web Hosting is a web host site where you can do all kinds of different web hosting. You can do your page there. You can set it up all kinds of different ways. Very helpful. And it's a hugely discounted uh, uh, website builder. So you can build your website there, and it's already discounted. But it was even more discounted when you use my code. And the code is MUSIC55, M-U-S-I-C-55, MUSIC55. That will be in the notes. If you use that, you save an additional 15%. It ends up being like a 55% savings. And I've heard nothing but good things about IX Web Hosting. Now, at the end of every episode, I'm going to commit to this. I'm one of those people that say, you know, at the end of every episode or in the middle of every episode, I'm going to do this, and then I don't follow through. But I'm going to follow through, I promise. I'm going to do recommendations. There are some. So this week, you know, some recommendations for videos on YouTube. Video, if you look up Electric Forest, there's going to be a ton of videos. Black Tiger Sex Machine has a really good video on their experience there, and Golf Clap just released their experience there. So go look for the Golf Clap video on Electric Forest, the Black Tiger Sex Machine video on Electric Forest, and then I'll throw in one more, Joe Hurtler. Joe Hurtler is a local uh, musician. He has a group called the Rainbow Seekers, Joe Hurtler and the Rainbow Seekers. Look for his video. It was just released today. So you can see that kind of their perception. And what's kind of, what's really cool about this festival is the artists come out and hang out in the forest and you can catch them there. Now I did my own interview, so I, I did see people in the forest, but that was intentional. But you can just bump into artists walking through the forest, walking through the campsites. In fact, I saw a lot of posts from people who are just like, yeah, this, you know, the, the, the DJ was just walking through the campsite and he hung out with us uh, because we had food and other things for him. But there's your video recommendations for Electric Forest. Podcast recommendations. So the most obvious one is the one that I'm on is the Motor City Geek. So MotorCityGeek.com. They're on SoundCloud. They're on iTunes. Uh, they're part of Podcast Detroit. So look up Podcast Detroit. You can find them as well. You can listen to our hour and 40-minute episode talking about Electric Forest. So if you think I talked a lot about it, you have no idea. <laughs> and uh, one other podcast mention is Nora and Pure, Purified Radio. So Nora and Pure performed there. I saw her originally at Miami Music Week playing alongside with EDX. And uh, when I saw her play with EDX, I thought, I need to find out who that is. I figured out it was Nora and Pure. She has a podcast called Purified Radio. It's a bi-weekly episode. So bi-weekly episodes, 58 episodes so far, house dance music. She plays a lot of the music, then she'll talk about where she's playing, and you get to find out wonderful things about that she's doing. And it's really enjoyable, and it's very... Uh, 
it's very dance oriented, but it's not so aggressive that you feel like you have to be working out to listen to it. You can listen to it in your car. You can even just listen to it really just, you know, working on something and it's not bad to have in the background. So really good podcast, uh, about an hour each episode. That is it for this week's, <laughs> this week. How often am I going to do digital racket? I don't know how the frequency rate, but I'm going to say hopefully twice a month. If I do it twice a month, probably 20 minute episodes. If I do it once a month, it's going to be one 40 minute episode, kind of like this one. So that's it. Uh, like I say, the next one I will do, and you'll, it'll go up fairly quickly. It won't be up this week, uh, but it'll be up next week, and that will be the uh, artist interviews. So look for that, and uh, check out IX Web Hosting, Electric Forest. Start planning now for next year. If you have any questions, if you want to give me comments about this episode, uh, if you just want to drop me a line, say hello. It is digitalracket at yahoo.com. So I've got a yahoo.com account for Digital Racket. You can email me there. And uh, let me know what's up with you. Let me know what you're doing. Uh, Digital Racket is always focused on people who are doing art for themselves and uh, doing it on their own to get it out there. So I could be interested in wanting to talk to you or at least wanting to talk about what you're doing. So that is it for this this episode. And I'm making a Digital Racket. Are you? Digital racket.